Welcome to our entrepreneurship series on Pearls of Wisdom with Cold Tea Collective. I'm Natasha Jung, and I will be one of your co-hosts for today's uh, episode. I'm also joined by staff writer of Cold Tea Collective, Cecilia Huang. Hey, Cece. Hi, <laughs> And today we're actually sitting down with royalty, a king, the Dumpling King. Matt Murtaugh Wu is a former finance professional turned dumpling dealer specializing in handmade frozen dumplings in Vancouver. He is passionate about the intersectionality of culture, ethnicity, history, food, gender, and sexuality. Welcome, King. Thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you like that intro? It was very um, succinct. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, you know what, though? It's, uh, intros are so fun, but so tough because there's so much to a person. It's like, where do you even begin? And yeah, how you're do setting you... the stage. And that's yeah. a lot, those are a lot of adjectives. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that we, that we, Not that untrue, we, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Matt, you and I actually connected uh, a couple years ago at a Hong Kong cafe because I came across your Instagram in the very infancy of Cold Tea Collective. And yeah. when we first had that conversation... The infancy of, of my business as well. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Little babies. Little, 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 little dumplings. Little babies. Little babies. Yeah. yeah, like, so a lot has happened since then for both Cold Tea and for yourself. Mm. Maybe we can actually start from the beginning. Who is the Dumpling King and what do you do? So, uh, I'm the Dumpling King. It's a self-proclaimed title. I own and operate a um, frozen dumpling delivery business in Vancouver. So, it's mandated on sourcing its ingredients from Vancouver's Chinatown. I'm sourcing from businesses which have been in operation for, you know, 30 or 40 plus years. Everything is made fresh by hand in small batches, and I freeze them and deliver them all over the city. So aside from that, I also do pop-up dinners, and I do some freelance writing, and I do cool little collaborations with people in my community like yourself and Cold Tea, and it's kind of morphed into this like quasi-personality, business, weird, creative <laughs> thing. And it's, yeah, this is where I am. So that's how it's become. Wow. Okay, well, let's start with the dumplings then. Yeah. How did that all come about? <laughs> why? Like, why yeah. dumplings? Why dumplings? Dumplings... I kind of just sort of fell into this. And I know that is sort of a really cliche response, but I've worked all over. I've done all sorts of education. I've had the privilege of doing so. And I spent most of it working at a bank. My dad introed me into it because I was just kind of lost after university, after studying something which I really adored, which was uh, Chinese history, language, and philosophy, and traveling around China and living overseas uh, and studying overseas. I was kind of lost. And so he's like, you know what? You're back now. Like try this out. Like, it's just what I do. You can make decent money. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a pretty safe path. So I went and I did it and I worked there for about four years, did all the education, tried to jump through all the hoops. I'm really uh, insubordinate. I'm not good at taking orders. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Which is a little challenging in a very, um, a very structured work. Yeah. It's really structured. Banking, and like, right? you know, I've been really, you know, I felt sort of like the little brat son, you know, I quickly got a reality check and I worked there for four years and I worked hard and I studied hard and I realized that it really wasn't for me. Then I jumped over to another, like a smaller venture capital outfit and I worked with a partner and we would muse over what we would do if we had a million bucks when we were trying to get this project off the ground. Eventually a month passed, a couple months passed and I wasn't getting paid anymore. I said to him, I said, you know, Mr. So-and-so or whatever, you know, remember we were talking about what we do if we had a million dollars. And I said, I would cook. And he said he would start get the business off the ground and pay off his debts and i said you know i, I want to cook i don't need a million dollars to do that so i quit wow. and so i went and i washed dishes at a cactus club and i worked part-time in thai restaurants lebanese restaurants 
when I started private chef work, using the same skills I cultivated working at the bank and dealing with different people, sales, relationship management. I started doing private chef work, cooking out of my house (laughs) and cooking for people, which was like hustling. And then I started thinking about what were food items, which people loved and that I didn't mind making and which was delicious and fun and approachable. And dumplings were something that started to push me in that direction. So it wasn't like I was writing down all my notes and over the years and sort of designing on what I was going to do. It was something that resonated with people and I loved to do it. I continued to push in that direction. Now it's what it is now today. And I've had people like yourself just like giving me exposure or plugging me or whatever. And it's been a celebration of myself. It's been sort of an act of defiance. I mean, it's still stressful as hell doing this job, but there's a bit of agency, which I felt like I couldn't exercise working at my last job. It's dumplings, but I've tried to, because I'd like to think of myself as a thinking person that I could just make dumplings and just like show no face, just crank them out like a machine. But there's a personal aspect as well, which I feel which makes my business special and makes me special, which is the connection to the community and connection to the different communities in Vancouver, queer, straight, Chinese, white, brown, whatever, all of them see something in my business and it's my responsibility to serve them. And like, it's an honor to bring people dumplings. It's as simple as that and feeling connected to them. So yeah, that's the story of the business. <laughs> in, an, in a nutshell, there's, a nutshell, there's definitely like, like a lot a that we... 40 minute, 40 second class. So yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So a couple follow-up questions there. Totally. Well, first off, tell us about your dumplings mm-hmm. um, and what is your approach to making them? So <laughs> my dumplings were, my approach to them is, again, it's connected to the people in that neighborhood. Every Monday and Tuesday are my prep days. So I'm there early in the morning. You can see it on my Instagram. I'm there with my butchers. They're cutting the meat fresh in small, nothing larger than 10 kilos. They put it through a grinder and I take it back to my kitchen and I mix it with, you know, the recipes which I've tested over the past four years and are proven. Mixed all by hand, folded all by hand and frozen. And they're all pork belly. (laughs) I'm pretty pork heavy as that's kind of like a Chinese thing. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of taken these flavors and I've created flavors which are reminiscent of things I've eaten in the past and things I I just liked that, which I find are tasty. I've gotten flack for like being not authentic or not being true to tradition or whatever. I make food, which I've learned from and I want to eat. And it's kind of taken off that way. Mm -hmm. I hope that answers your question my approach to dumplings. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, what is, well, you know, going back to the the folks that say like, oh, it's like not authentic. Like Mm -hmm. what is authentic Chinese food though? And that's kind of a stupid conversation to have. It's like, I've written articles about like what it means to be authentic or to represent yourself in a certain way. There's a level of trust that people just need to try it and it will evoke an emotion, hopefully when you eat, because there is an emotion. There's a sensation you, that is more than just taste when you eat food. And luckily I've been able to resonate with people. Authentic really is case by case thing. Am I a dim sum chef? No. Have I been trained in a dim sum kitchen? No. But I've applied my skill sets of traveling or my knowledge and my experience of eating Chinese since from my childhood with the cooking of my father and my grandmother to restaurants in Vancouver, Richmond, my travels in China and living in Taiwan. And I've synthesized it to something which is mine and which is true. So authentic is a buzzword to me. It doesn't really mean anything. I know that's a bit 
But yeah, it's no, but just, it, it has to make sense to you is essentially what it comes down to. It has right? to make sense to me and it has to be presented to people, which they just need to try it. And like, I wouldn't have been able to get this far if it wasn't for the support of my parents and the support of like my partner and like the people who buy my food, right? Like I wouldn't have this like book, essentially this book of clients that would continue buying off me if they just didn't believe in what I, the food, if it just didn't taste good, right? It always makes me feel good when I hear from Chinese or like Taiwanese people, they're like, this is really good. Like, I really like, this is like really good. And like, it reminds me of home and some of the food I create. And like that to me is, I wish I could have like a Rolodex or like a, a list of evidence is whenever somebody says like, is this authentic? Of like, these are the people who said they liked it. They happen to be Chinese. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, oh so, yeah, for sure. So, like, like these yeah. people verify that it's yeah. Uh, delicious. Yeah, authentic is is a is a good word to depart from to discuss food and how it's like how its representations change based in what country we are, which languages we speak, and the communities that make it. So, but I think authentic ultimately doesn't really mean anything at the end of the day. Hope that answers the question. No, definitely, so. definitely. So, how important is in your opinion, knowing your identity and, you know, you t- talk about being comfortable in your own skin. Um, mm-hmm. How is that important to building a successful business as you have? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it's something I still wrestle with. It's still something I'm always evaluating myself, which is exhausting. <laughs> you do it to yourself. Yeah, though, you know, it's myself, one of those things. <laughs> but like, you know, sometimes knowing yourself, being understanding yourself and being okay with who you are and celebrating and representing yourself or whatever just understanding who you are and what makes you tick both like the good aspects and the negative aspects of what you think you're you're about is fundamental in doing anything your interactions with people let alone running a business i'm still learning obviously i'm still learning who i am every single day and like if i need help i ask for it wrestling with with questions with myself but in the sense of my identity as a mixed race person as a person who um, presents certain ways or is attracted to things and certain attracted to different people or whatever, like understanding who I am has been the hardest part of this business and what do I want out of it. What do I want to present to people? So it's, it's imperative. You can't do, take on any challenges in life. If you don't start with square one, which is yourself, it's imperative. Yeah. What are some of your core values, Matt? My core values. Wow. As a business owner, as a person, I think that we're not alone. I think that we're all connected somehow. I think we get caught up in the grind of what it means to survive in Vancouver. You know, there's expectations of family, there's expectations of society and like the way we dress, the way we talk, the type of education we have. My values are that we need to stay connected and that community is really all we really have. And it sounds really cheesy, but that's what I've learned the most because I'm alone most of the time during the day. Like I'm alone, like working mm-hmm. and like my interaction with people are very quick. I'm not on a team. I do this business alone. So staying connected with people and your community is at the forefront. My customers are first. So yeah, those are my values. And how has the food helped you connect with other people? Well, it's become my calling card. My food has been the reason why people contact me. It's been a way for me to connect and celebrate myself, but also have other people come and celebrate my take on or my contribution to this nebulous thing of what it means to be Chinese or or Canadian or from Vancouver. They're self-fulfilling. My food creates a demand and the people that taste it like it and they buy into it literally and figuratively and I want to create more for them. And then a community evolves through that and people engage with 
Chineseness or their culture or whatever on varying levels. And I think that that my food helps maybe adds to that a little bit and facilitating that. It's got to taste good. Oh, absolutely. So I'm getting a little bit uh, meta, <laughs> but, but like I'd, no. I'd like to think of myself as more elaborating more than making just making food. Mm -hmm. There's values attached to what I do. I definitely see that. I mean, I've had the opportunity to go to some of your uh, pop-ups mm -hmm. where you actually, you know, um, you know, book out a community space. Yeah. You invite people in, you yeah. bring your friends to help you cook totally. these dumplings you've handmade. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're like, pop-ups are like, a, like some hard work, right? Yeah, they're really hard. They're what hard are work. some, what are some things you did early on your, in your business to help you do what you do today? It wasn't allowing myself to sort of be alone or like not to get caught up in like the trench warfare of like your own self-doubt is to continue to network with people, continue to be excited about what I do, to never forget why I began. That's what's really pushed me forward when I feel kind of like dark on some days because working for yourself is really hard. And like, I really admire people who have been able to stay afloat for that long. I've, like I said, I've had tremendous support from my parents and my, and like my partner and my community. And that's what's helped me in my business is staying connected with people. It could be different for other people, but like networking with other people and finding the people who share those values and like you connect with and they connect with you and stay in touch and working together. And it makes life seem not so bad, mm -hmm. <laughs> not so hard. Better together. It's better together. I mean, that's a lot of what Cold Tea Collective is about. I mean, it's literally in our name, collective, right? Yeah. And it's about, you know, contributing to and creating, you know, opportunities for, for others to, you know, come together. Right, whether it be through food, through storytelling, through like film or, or whatever it might be, or just generally through conversation, that's definitely something that, that we want to try to create, whether it's, you know, in person or online, right? And so that's why um, it's, it's been quite the journey, like with Cold D Collective as well. And as, as I mentioned earlier, like, you know, you and I connected quite a bit early on when yeah. we were both at the beginning of our yeah. journeys here. Yeah. And so... Um, you know, just to see kind of where we're heading now. And now we're, you know, excited to have you speak at our event at yeah, the end of it's, September. It's really cool to watch this happen. Yeah. To witness yeah. to us doing this. It's, it's, it's cool. man, it's not even just like being a witness to it. Yeah. It's actually like participating yeah, in it as well. Yeah. It when it comes to success, you're talking about, you know, getting in, getting in your own head and, you know, keeping yourself going. Mm -hmm. um, how do you define success for either yourself personally or professionally? Good question. Again, there's being raised by my dad's Chinese and my mom's from uh, Victoria or she's Canadian. And, you know, I just had a conversation with them. It's like success means a lot of different things to different people at different points in their lives. Right now, you know, it's, there's the bottom line. You need to pay. You need to make enough to live in this city. You need to make enough to pay rent and have a life, whatever that means. And being focused on that can actually be a great source of fuel and a source of drive, but it can also hinder you as well. I really try to wrestle, I mean, I try to approach success as a really holistic thing, is that I'm healthy, that I'm happy, I love what I do, the relationships with my family are good, the relationships with my partner is, the relationship with my partner is, is, is healthy and growing. So success has changed for me than it was, say, when I was 19 or working at the bank or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. You know, because it means different things at different times, but... I really try to keep a holistic thing of what 
it means to be successful. Who do you look up to in terms of your... <laughs> you <give> me a <laughs> no, 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 no. The look was just kind of like, oh, oh man, like, how do I fall? Everything's so philosophical. <laughs> no, no, it's, well, I mean, you did study philosophy, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, who are some people that you look up to that you think are successful in, in what they do, either at some point in their mm -hmm. career or they continue to, to work at? Some people in the city? Or oh, just it like, doesn't have to be in the city or um, can there just be people? You I mean, varying degrees of success, you know, in a very traditional sense would be my parents of building something and maintaining it, safeguarding it and growing it. I look up to another entrepreneur. I chat with him every once in a while. He's, his name is Wilson Tang who owns Namwa Team Parlor in New York. And, and you're repping the, his hoodie yeah, right now. Hoodie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I really look up to him. I look up to a guy named Doug Stevens, who owns Download Chicken Shack. Oh, so really that's a great spot. Yeah, about his values and the way he conducts his business and his, um, his grounding in the community. I look up to my, my partner about what she's doing and what her visibility and the things that she stands for. So... There's bits of, like, I look up to different people for different things, I guess, and are what I see in them, or what I'd like to be like in them. So, yeah, quite a few people. I mean, you put me on the spot, but I try to keep it within North America. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, because yeah. <laughs> otherwise the whole list would be blown yeah, be up, like apparently. About random stuff, <laughs> so. Well, you mentioned your dad briefly. Yeah. And um, so I remember on Instagram, you know, back mm -hmm. in, in May. Uh, yeah. Or, on, or Father's June, Day. actually, yeah. for Father's, Father's Day. Day. Yes. <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> um, so I, I remember you uh, posted about your dad. You had a picture um, up and you had the list of, uh, you know, classic quotes that you learned from him. And one of them was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of them was, you know, if you're going to clean the toilet, yeah. um, be the best cleaner that you yeah. can be. Um, so I'm just curious how your dad's words growing up has really influenced you. Oh, They've traumatized me and inspired me. <laughs> like a good Chinese father. <laughs> yeah. What that means from when he says that, had said that to me, was it doesn't matter what you do, you need to do your best. It doesn't matter how trivial the job is or how perceivably degrading that was because like, there's nothing wrong with being a person who cleans a washroom. You're not inherently inferior. It's a very, we need to unpack that quote because it makes people who clean or do that type of work as lesser. So I'm aware of that. The point being is that even if you cut people's fingernails, even if you pick up stuff on the floor, whatever you do, the most say perceivably menial task, that you need to take pride in that and you need to do the best you can because there's dignity in that. And so that for me is important when I do my work because I left like a perceivably prestigious job. You know, I was an underling, I was a peon in this giant corporation, but I still had that logo in front of me and that name tag or whatever that, or whatever I was associated with. So that was like a sense of identity and pride, but I make dumplings for a living. Like I fold stuff. I just came before coming to do this and I had to go back after. And like, for me, that quote reminds me that there's dignity in work. There's dignity in anything you do. So if you're going to do something, do it the best, take pride in what you do, show up on time, do a good job, be polite, all that stuff. So there's a lot more to it than just saying to scrub toilets, be the best toilet scrubber. It means that there's dignity in doing something you do the best you can. I hope that answers it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that in any kind of profession or, you know, whether you are, say, in banking or... Whatever. Yeah, yeah. whatever it is. And I, I think that there's always 
going to be menial tasks that you have to really mm. dedicate yourself to. This. Totally. Yeah. Really and taking pride in that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, absolutely. No, no, no. And I'm just trying to think of, I mean, um, it wasn't until like probably recently that I started to reflect back on, like, I did something kind of similar to you in the sense of I worked like in corporate marketing and like for like a big, a big four, like professional services firm. And like looking back, like, yeah, like I remember like some of the struggles that I had around like, what do you mean? Like I can't get promoted. Like I've been here for X number of years. I've done a good job. You haven't told me otherwise. And then sometimes I look back and I'm like, was I just really entitled? You know what I mean? That's (laughs) exactly how, no, that's exactly that thing, which is just also complex. I feel with our generation and maybe even more, magnified with the culture that us three share Mm -hmm. this hard working it's something we inherited from our parents it's like you should always be grateful for work working is a privilege Mm -hmm. so when you're working at this place like no the manager is a is inferior the manager is an idiot why is everything so like why is everything against me i should be more than this why am i not more than this i'm doing my best to climb this stupid ladder and play their dumb games and nothing is happening it's a fine line between am i entitled or do i know i deserve better Mm -hmm. so yeah i i get it and you know people quit their management they don't quit their jobs oh there's so much to unpack there totally um what is something we can all learn from making dumplings i think it goes back to the quote about washing toilets or whatever it's a piecemeal game it's the game of attrition i need to sell a certain amount to make rent i also need to make a certain amount to pay the bills i need a certain amount to pay for gas and all that stuff if i break down to how many pieces i have to sell every day it becomes very depressing in my opinion i've done this for almost four years now but one dumpling does not mean a lot, but many dumplings do mean something. And there is, uh, there's something to be said about that, that each piece creates a larger whole. Every kilometer I drive adds to more to what I'm trying to further, which is my reputation, delivering good food to people with superior customer service, and living a full life with agency which is quasi-independence, whatever that means. That's something that I can say to people is that every single piece you eat of my food, I made. And that just like that, that's how life is. Piece by piece by piece, day by day by day, hour by hour. That's how you live life. Because the minute creates an hour, the hour creates a day, days a week. That's how it works. So take it that way. Whatever you want from that. Mic drop moment right there. My goodness. I think we're done here. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, that that resonates a lot, um, especially on the entrepreneurship side, because sometimes it's when funds can be scarce, right? Or you don't know um, necessarily where your next paycheck paycheck is coming from, where your next contract is coming from, whatever it might be. You focus on like the really small details to be like, oh, if I just sold this or if I just did that. But at the end of the day, I think it's also, at least for us, like it comes, it comes down to where can I do the work that brings the most value? Exactly. Right. Um, to, and it'll, to the change, business. And it'll change over time. Oh, absolutely. Your relationship with what you think is valuable will change. Mm-hmm. And so will your market. Yeah. In your writing and on social media, you've, you've also covered a lot of uh, other issues around, you know, like queer issues, sexuality, identity, culture. Mm-hmm. 
Tell us why that's important to you. It's important because it's something that I've didn't realize that I was um, not wrestling with, but trying to negotiate with and understand my entire life. I've been lucky to be able to have a platform to articulate those feelings. I'm not the only person that's dealing with this. There are countless other people who are um, engaging with their sexuality, their gender, their representation, their food, and how they are in their relationship and where they find strength and identity all the time. And I feel like if I say something, it can add to that dialogue, that narrative. And it's something that I enjoy doing. And it's sometimes painful, uh, but it's also really cathartic. I hope meaningful. What are some of the key messages that you hope to share with your followers, your community? That's a good question. Well, I'd like to not take myself too seriously. Um, that it's not like this thing you need to wrestle with all the time, that it doesn't have to be serious all the time, but I celebrate who I am and I engage with people by making food for them. And if we can do that and be in the service of others, ultimately it makes life that much more bearable. <laughs> mm -hmm. And for me, cooking has been how I do that. That when I cook, I there's no malicious intent. I want you to be happy, to enjoy pleasure. So the values are for me is to cook what I think is true representation of the way I am and what I take pride in as a mixed race person or just me as Matthew to bring that to people, right? And also scrape a living off by doing that as well, <laughs> right? So that's my values. <laughs> yeah, philosophical. We, so. Let's just say we, you know, we run into you on the street. Right. Or at a networking event. We talked about networking, oh right? Oh my goodness. Yeah. How would you introduce yourself? Could I you... start very vague. I feel I like start... you're so many things. Yeah. Um, and you stand for so many things. But how do you want to introduce yourself to the world? Just another confused millennial. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs> uh, to be honest, you know, when I introduce myself to people, I just say I have a small food delivery business because trying to explain all the facets in which I'm trying to be myself and my professional and creative self takes way too long to communicate to people. <laughs> and so by the time I'm finished talking and they're like, first of all, this guy's really boring <laughs> or like, he's like talking way too much. And like, I don't know what he is. So, <laughs> what is he doing? Like, what, like, what is he like this guy, does this guy work? So, cause there's a lot of aspects to this business and, you know, trying to communicate what I'm interested in, all the skill sets I want to showcase and like hopefully hone as a writer, as a person who throws parties, as a person who is a delivery driver and like a recipe maker and like a chef. So I just introduce myself as owning a food delivery business. And if people probe more, then it goes into this like mm -hmm. whole thing. So if you bumped into me on the street, I'd be like, I'm the dumpling king. I make dumplings as a small food delivery business. And like, I'll probably direct you to my Instagram so I can get that follow <laughs> through that is to, you know, as you, if you take the time to peruse, you'll see that sometimes more than that, than just like, I'm a glorified Uber Eats driver. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, for sure. that's how I would intro myself as a guy who just owns a food delivery business. And I, I saw also recently on your, on your Instagram that you started to do merch. Oh, around yeah. being Papa. Totally. Like mixed race. Totally. What yeah. inspired that? Again, it's just another, my dream is to kind of have this 
creative design house. It's like the house of Hapa. <laughs> yeah, but like it's the term Hapa originated in the Hawaiian Islands with um, the first peoples of that land who use that term to describe people who were mixed with like essentially colonial blood. And then it was migrated over to California where it was then, I don't want to say appropriate, but adopted by like Asian communities. So for me, it was like a really cool and striking term for me. It's like, that's what's on my shirt. And it was just sort of another way to celebrate it and just like rock that in like a really classic design. And it has resonated with people throughout the city. And like, I have like it was really cool to like have clients that were like in their forties who were like mixed race and they were buying it too. And I was, <laughs> and I, and they're also like people my age rocking it too. So yeah, it, it's just been kind of this aesthetic, which I've been trying to build. So it's a different little like side hustle, which I'm trying to, well, which I have, I just haven't been plugging as much because I've been just so busy with these pop-ups. So buy it, buy it, buy his dumplings, <laughs> buy, buy his swag. <laughs> so yeah. Have you bumped into anybody on the streets? Wearing. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but I mean, like, soon. My, my friends sent, I mean, like my clients are like, I guess my customers like, are like my friends, I feel. And they are my friends. What the hell? I feel like they're my friends. Um, yeah, they sent me like selfies and stuff. And it makes me feel like what I'm doing is like worthwhile. Like that was just a concept. And like I partnered with a guy who makes, a buddy of mine who makes t-shirts. And it was like a really like indie East Van based t-shirt company called a uh, grubware out of East Van and he designed them for me. And it just makes me feel like it's real when people wear it and they want to be seen wearing it. I haven't bumped anybody yet because like I'm always in a kitchen or on the road, <laughs> but like to see people rocking that and like stoked and like I had a couple of my queer friends rock it at like their mixed race and they're rocking at pride. And like, I was just, I don't know. Just, it's just cool to see that. It makes me feel like what I'm doing is not lost in the wind, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. Kind of a silly question, but if like I rocked that and I'm not, but like if I rocked it and I'm like not Hapa, I'm not mixed. Yeah. Like, is that okay? I think it's absolutely fine. I think it's cool. It would make me feel special. Like if you rock that or like non whatever Hapa people. And that's something which continues that like, we're not really pure anything. It's like, it's sort of a Mm -hmm. colonial, and I'm getting really deeper, but it's sort of like, race is like a really abstract constructed fake thing so Mm -hmm. to speak so like technically we are a bit mixed i mean there are ramifications of using that term in Mm -hmm. a negative connotation but um if you weren't mixed race and you rocked it i have no problem with that in fact for me as a little business owner it makes me feel really stoked that you give a give a shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah i wouldn't feel bad i don't think mixed race people would feel bad at all Sometimes I just feel like people get overly sensitive sometimes mm-hmm. when it comes to either they might see it as appropriating, like you're appropriating my culture. I mean, for me, as far as I know, I haven't done one of those like DNA tests or like, you know, like heritage tests or whatever. But yeah. um, uh, as far as I know, I'm like fully like Chinese. Yeah. Right. But I think what I'm trying to deal with personally right now is kind of where does my my Chinese identity mixed with my Canadian identity, yeah, right? So I feel mean? like in, in a lot of ways, like m- maybe it's not the traditional definition of, of Hapa. Yeah, right? and that's but, something, that like, was kind of like a thing to, it's, it was to be a little bit provocative mm-hmm. and to like make you think about what that, does that mean? It's roots in real time history, is roots in colonialism, mm-hmm. of people who are literally of two different 
quote unquote races, mm -hmm. which then they're the offspring are called Hapa. Mm -hmm. But terms change over time. And this is something which I felt was a cool way to represent in like a catchy like logo as well. That, you know, what does it mean to be mixed? Right? Because a lot of people born in Chinese overseas Chinese born in um Canada, wherever they go back to China, they're outsiders. You're as good as a white person there. So mm -hmm. like whatever that means. So yeah, that's that's a good that's a really important thing to pay attention to. And uh yeah. Please wear it. <laughs> I'll bring some. I'll bring some to sell. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that'll be so fun. Well, we've talked about a lot of things here. Um, I do have one final question, but before we wrap up, do you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Or Cece, do you have any other questions for Matt? Well, I'm curious about, you know, you mentioned um, you're talking about traveling mm -hmm. in Asia yeah. as um, a hapa. Yeah. And so what what was that like um, when you did, you know, you were saying that you traveled a lot. Yeah. You lived in Taiwan yeah. and then you also traveled um, throughout Asia. So what was that like? And um, do you have any thoughts on, you know, how other people who might be interested in exploring totally. um, I think going, yeah, sorry to cut, talk over. When I first went to China, I was in, it was in 2009, which is like pretty recently comparably to like um, my lifespan. Um, I felt like when I went there, I'd like get to the bottom of like what it meant to be this and like, you know, who I am and like the things I saw growing up and the context of which my father came, the reason why he is the way he is, why the people that look that way act the way they do, all those things. I felt like it was going to be, it was like a kind of like a pilgrimage, so to speak. Like I was like really like my ears were hyper tuned, the smells, the sights, everything. I was just like taking in like really carefully every single day. What I learned is that I'm a North American and, that <laughs> I, and there's nothing to be ashamed of that. I am a North American. My values are liberal. The way I present, the way I walk, the way I talk, the way my eyes move, everything is like a North American. So when I went over there, I thought that was going to like figure out who I was more so. I did, but not in a way that revealed itself, uh, so to speak, like immediately. So I've traveled to mainland China and backpacked that, which was a really eye-opening experience. And then I moved to Taiwan where I was studying there at a university. So I studied intensive Mandarin there at their international, whatever, whatever it was. Yeah, and I learned what it meant to be Chinese on my terms that I didn't have to be because I never will be. I will never look like them and I'll never look like white people either. Like I won't, I won't be there. So there's no point trying to feel like not a sense of defeatism, but like I learned like that I should just be comfortable with who I am and I engage with my culture how I want to as meaningfully as possible. And that's all I have to do. The food's great. The people are great. I, I saw things I have not forgotten. And uh, I just learned more about myself that like, I don't need to be like them. I don't need to be like anyone else. I'm here because I want to be, because I care. And that's it. So I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. So in all <laughs> of your... <laughs> you did great, Matt. You yeah. did great. Wow. I'm super excited for you to share yeah. uh, more of your story at our event. I got to think of more stuff to say. Yeah. <laughs> more stuff. Oh my yeah. gosh. You got a lot of stuff to say, I can tell. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having no, me. No, I mean, in, in a very good way, clearly. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm always happy to, to have you share your story with us. So mm -hmm. um, one final question. Yeah. 
If you could give us one pearl of wisdom, whether it be around business, food, life, representation, whatever it might be, what would that be? Never give up. That's the slogan at the bottom every single time. Never give up. Never give up on your self-development. Never give up on your idea. Never give up on uh, your, your friends or anything. It's a, it's a good motto to, to live by. You can go sideways, sidestep, but never go backwards. That's my advice. You're sticking to it. Good day. Excellent. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Matt. And um, yeah. for more information on Matt, visit Dumpling King. Was it the Dumpling King? The DumplingKing.ca. There you go. And get those dumps and those Hapa. Hapa swag. Hapa swag. That Hapa articles swag. And all that good all stuff. All that so. stuff. Always happy to collab with you. Thank you so much, Matt. And thanks, Cece. Thank you, guys. Thank you.